1: Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm one ten one tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory.
0: a Rebel Alliance podcast.
1: We would be honored.
0: Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, you got P Nate and Pooty in the studio, Garage Mahal, helping you engage culture with a biblical worldview. It is hot in Canada this last few weeks, Nate. How are you feeling?
1: It's hot and it's tight. Ty- I'm tired. Like you and I were just here. We, we were having trouble starting because we were both yawning. <laughs> like, yeah, drink your coffee, pretty because <laughs> this I don't is- know why. Is it is it the heat that's bothering us? Is it just like I'm super tired? You. You, you look horrible. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just kidding. You look you, tired. You just look terrible. <laughs>
0: yeah. That is true. I've, I've slept one hour no, last last evening. Not, I don't know. It's not the heat. It's not the heat. It's busyness. Mm, you have fair. real excuses like children who cry
1: and do things. I have, I'm busy. And so therefore I push everything until the night. I will say though, last night. So I guess this morning, this morning I slept in till seven o'clock. I have not slept until seven in so very long. My kids slept until seven thirty today. What? I know it was crazy. did you give them? I don't know. I'm I'm gonna repeat everything. Like whatever they <laughs> ate for the for dinner last night, that is what they're eating forever until they're if, nine. Yeah, until they're, they're nine, they're eating yeah. chopped up hot dog. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> man. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, we are the Rebel Podcast. We are part of the Rebel Alliance Media. There's lots of podcasts. I uh, just want to say what a great job the Van Bermers are doing with the Systematics for Saplings. I hope if you are a listener to the Rebel Podcast and you have a family of young kids, I would highly encourage you to go to the website Rebel Alliance Media, grab the Systematics for Saplings, go through it with your family. Uh, use the episodes that come out on Mondays um, where the Van Bermers, is kind of like a primer on uh, on the topic for the week doing such an awesome job uh and then uh grant and Eric do kind of an adult podcast that sounds weird but (laughs) kind of an adult podcast (laughs) yeah anyway uh a podcast that's not geared towards children um that comes out on tuesdays we come out on wednesdays and uh of course the uh um uh podcast for cultural reformation coming out of the Ezra Institute with Ryan Aris and Joe Boot on Fridays Uh, redeeming history with Ben Emery is on break right now but season two should be coming out in the fall so lots going on in the network we're super excited rebel alliance media.com for everything and just a shout out again to all of our patrons Uh, thank you patreon.com slash rebel alliance if you want to give back to the show the show will always be free but uh, for you if you uh, choose to give back if this is a blessing to you uh, we're just so grateful for those who are showing back into the ministry all right rebel news are you ready i no i'm not you are though Well, I just have something. So we talked about this. Uh, We talked about the movie Unplanned a while ago. So the movie Unplanned, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it was in conjunction with Focus on the Family that the movie Unplanned and Focus on the Family got together to do the Alive in New York. uh, When they showed the 3D ultrasound, Uh, Rebel Alliance was there live. Uh, Van Brimmer family was there at that event. They showed a 3D ultrasound at Times Square. They did a pro-life rally. Uh, Big, huge event. Uh, Unplanned is a movie that hit theaters several months ago in the States um, and originally was banned in Canada. Now, this is a movie about a woman who was a Planned Parenthood abortion technician. No, sorry. She was an ultrasound technician, but she watched her first abortion on ultrasound, and that changed everything. She immediately quit her job. She became a pro-life advocate, and uh, the movie is about her story. Now, the movie obviously got all kinds of um, attacks from uh, the, the pro-choice movement, the pro-abortion um, movement, and it was actually banned in Canada, not by some sort of federal uh, you know, mandate, but simply because the, uh, the pro-abortionist lobby groups and, and, uh, and rights groups um, just threatened all the theaters. They bullied all the theaters into not showing it. And so none of the theaters where the you know almighty dollar speaks loudest, uh, they all decide not to show it. So there's a big petition that went around. Uh, people signed this petition. Um, the owner, the CEO of Cinema, Cineplex um, weighed in on this. So this is just dated July 8th, which is just a few days ago from when we're recording this. And it says, um, to our guests... So, so I should preface this by saying they have decided to show it on limited screens at, for a limited time. So it's being shown this weekend in London and Toronto and Hamilton and a couple other places throughout Canada. And then there's another date a few weeks uh, later uh, when they're showing it. And of course, the, the, the pro-abortion um, people are up in arms about the fact that they're showing it. And he sent out this letter, which uh, I want your thoughts on. To our guests... Over the past few weeks, we've received many phone calls and emails from Canadians on both sides of the con- uh, conversation about the plan, or sorry, about the film Unplanned. I want to thank everyone who's reached out and for sharing their feedback with my team, as well as take a moment to personally address our decision to move forward with a limited run of a film at our theaters. I've been working in the business for well over 30 years, and controversial films on the big screen are not new to me, to Cineplex, or to the industry as a whole. That said, the decision to move forward with the screenings of this particular film was a complicated one, and it was not made lightly or easily. But as the leader of Canada's largest film exhibition company, I am confident that the right decision for us, for you, and for our country has been made. When I immigrated to Canada back in 1969, one of the things that I loved and still love the most about living here was that we don't shy away from our differences. We embrace them. Canada is a country that believes in and rallies behind freedom of expression. But that isn't always an easy thing to do and certainly doesn't uh, always make you popular. In this instance, many, uh, many of us will have to set aside our own personal beliefs and remember that living in a country that censors content, opinions, and points of view because they are different from our own is not a country that any of us would want to live in. The responsibility of determining whether content is appropriate for movie audiences and the audience's age parameters fall to provincial and territorial governments. Through the film classification boards, unplanned has been reviewed and rated by those boards. So Cineplex will be screening it at 14 of our network, uh, uh, out of our network of nearly 1,700 auditoriums across Canada for one week beginning this Friday. I understand and can appreciate that the concerns about this film are many, but it is up to each of us to decide whether or not we want to see it in Canada. We have that option. And I think it's important, uh, an important thing to keep. Again, I want to thank everyone who's reached out to me and my colleagues. I appreciate you taking the time to read this. And that's written by Ellis Jacob, who's the president and chief uh, executive officer of Cineplex Canada. So what are your thoughts on his, uh, his letter?
0: Well, i think it's i think i think it's very interesting i'm i i think i think he answers the question that needs to be answered because he said he he made the choice to do this and he basically came out and said he's going to sh- he's going to show this controversial movie which i think is the right decision agreed um I'm not 100 sure why a limited screening. Like, do they do that with other movies? I don't. Is that I just don't know the industry. Is that typical? I don't. I don't understand.
1: Not, not, not really. No. I mean, 14 out of 1,700 theaters, or oh, 17,000 or something like that. Yeah, like 14 theaters. Oh, sorry. I thought Canada. you said
0: 14 of 17, and no, I was like, oh, okay, 14 of a
1: 17. Like, <laughs> was it 1,700 or 17,000? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's a really quick way to just. make yourself look uh, my my opinion changes on that Um, basically it's a really quick way to make yourself look like you're appeasing something when you're really not because seven like if you're going to release it release it in every theater just like to do with like uh, spider-man or whatever other
1: yeah and i get that there's yeah 1700 so it's it's 14 of 1700 um and i get that there's some like there are small town theaters that have two screens yeah, and they're not, that's th- you know, they're not going to show this in place of Lion King or something, right? Like again, the, the almighty dollar speaks, but there are, there are more than 14 theaters that have more than 10 screens where they could show this for more than one week. And that's my point. So first of all, great. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's fine. It's a good. They're thing. not boycotting it. They, they weren't bullied by the lobbyists. Good for them.
0: And, and I, w- I wonder, I suspect if it does as well as I think it's going to do, in the first like weekend or whatever, I suspect you'll find an, a press release two weeks from now that says that it's going to be continuing in some theaters right. for a couple more weeks, or some of the other theaters will pick it up for a weekend or two, especially at this time of year where there's not really a lot happening in the movie industry. Yeah, they, they, um, they
1: release at a good time.
0: Exactly, And because like, let's be honest, the movie industry is an industry to make money. It's a capitalist yeah. thing. We have no problems with this. Um, what I think is funny, can I go post-mill on this for a second? please. Um, one of the things funny about this is that, do you remember the movie where it was like, uh, it was like two guys were trying to assassinate the the leader of North Korea. I promise oh, I'm going yeah, somewhere yeah, with this. Yeah, 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 I do. And so that got released and it got shut down because they were worried about like North Korea getting upset. I, I've always long thought the conspiracy theory is a warning that like, that was just publicity. It wasn't good enough to really go into right. a theater. So they, they went straight to Netflix Hyping the movie up and then everybody watched it on Netflix. I don't know very, few I know very few people who haven't at least at least seen parts of it. I think this the reverse is happening with with Unplanned, where it's like if they just didn't say anything and just released it and put the trailers out like they do with hundreds of other movies that come out that we don't see in the theater because they're not blockbusters, right? And, and most people. Most people don't go to the theater to see everything. They go to see the big movies that come out. And then this movies like this go to video and go to Netflix. And then they've actually inadvertently helped our cause with this. I agree, yeah. Because they've made a controversy. And then now there's gonna, there's tons of people I know that want to go see it who are pro-choice who only yep. want to see it because it's a controversy. Right. And I'm, I'm like, amen. Yep. I
1: go, I, exactly.
0: I personally don't plan on going to see it, but I am going to buy tickets and I'm going to give the tickets away. Yeah. Um, but like, cause me taking the seat doesn't really help the, help the movement. Whereas if I could give it away to like, you know, family members who are still undecided on this, yep. you know what I mean? I can give it away and that can help. So I, I just think it's, I think it's awesomely unique that um, God just works in great ways. Like yeah. he takes something that should be like, Looked at it as a negative, bam! All of a sudden, it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make this go, and it's probably gonna. I think it's gonna go pretty big, and there's it's gonna be a continuing news story, and it's actually gonna bring more people to watch Unplanned when it comes out on video, when it comes out on. Probably not Netflix, but whatever uh, streaming service eventually picks it up. I, th- I just think it's great.
1: Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if it goes. It ends up going on like Netflix and stuff because we've talked in Rebel News recently about uh, Netflix and uh, joining the fight to uh, fight some of Georgia's uh, uh, pro-life bills. But anyway, I thought this was interesting. I, I agree with everything you said, so I won't belabor it anymore. But basically, good for him. I think he made the right decision. I think. He made the right decision based on money. Like I think no, he'll, he knows that this is going to sell out everywhere for that week. Um, and I do hope, I I, I hope that Christians um, call the theater, ask for it to be extended, say they would, you know, you know, buy out a theater if they showed it for another week or whatever, like, um, you know, find, find ways to get to these movies or, or buying tickets for people or whatever, support this movie as best you can. If you haven't called your local theater, if it's showing Phone them and thank them. Ask for it to be extended. If you haven't That's phone them, um, you know if it's not showing. Phone them and ask why. Tell them that uh, you think that it should. That you know of, you know, several people who would go. Yada yada yada. Um, but basically, I, I I do think that this is kind of the facade of, you know, he, he, th- this wasn't, this didn't take courage on his part, right? He even, he even kind of vacillated. I don't know where he stands on this himself, but he says, we all have to put aside our beliefs as if like, Hey, I'm right there with you. But I, you know, I, I believe in freedom of speech. So yeah, I he mean, kind of tipped out, toad around. Yeah. It. But you know what? 14 theaters isn't much, but at least it's showing. It wasn't showing a couple of weeks ago. We should take that as a victory and do all that we can uh, and try to get people there and honestly, use the controversy, use the conversation about this. Just like we said, after that Alive in New York, after some of the abortion bills um, getting passed in, um, in New York and California and Washington and some of the pro-life stuff happening in Georgia and Alabama, um, you know, this was all over the place. Use this to stir up these conversations again. Use the internet. We, you know, How much we love stirring up controversy online, but conduct yourselves like Christians um, and uh, and have these conversations with people online, because um, I think um, unlike some of the other things that Christians fight for, I think this is one area where I I don't think that um, I don't think it takes a regenerate heart to realize that we shouldn't be killing children. And so, um, now don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't think that it's a victory just to win somebody to a pro-life position if they haven't received the gospel either. Um, so the gospel should always be laced in our fighting of abortion but um, I think that uh, these laws are archaic and and barbaric and the more technological and medical advancement there is the more that's shown and this movie goes a long way in doing that so anyway Christians should get on board. That's Rebel News let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our topic on climate change. Not really, we're not talking about climate change, we're talking about uh, Christians (laughs) and the environment though I'm sure some climate change stuff will come up which always makes us popular. <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: Hey, it's Dave, the Rebel Alliance Media Tech Guy here. Have you got something you want to tell Rebel listeners about? Now your commercial can be heard right here. The Rebel Podcast gets ten to 15,000 hits each episode. Great weekly exposure for your business. For more information, visit rebelalliancemedia.com. Or email the Rebels at info at Thank you. All
1: right, we're back. And we're back with a topic that very often gets us into trouble. And uh, and, and so, you know, we've, we've taken some shots at uh, the climate alarmists uh, in our day. Uh, just just a few just a few just a few um and i got into a conversation recently uh about climate change and um and you know one of the things that i wanted to uh i want to make clear just because we don't believe the alarmists when they say that the world is um you know doomed Um, you know, I've posted a few things about the, the false predictions of Al Gore and all those others. Or, um, I, you know, uh, recently, I don't know if you saw this glacier national park. Um, they had all these signs up that talked about how most of these glaciers would be all but gone in 2020. And they recently took them down this year (laughs) because they're all bigger than they were when they posted those in like 2007. Um, so so here's here's our thing. Like we believe that um, the climate catastrophe that has been predicted by politicians over the last several decades is a bunch of hogwash. We think that it's uh, politicians um, uh, hyperbolizing for the purpose of political agenda. That said. We do think that there are a whole lot of companies, there are a whole lot of people, and there are a whole lot of countries who are polluting the earth in a way that they shouldn't be. And we believe that Christians ought to be good stewards of the environment, and we believe that Christians should actually be leading the way in in terms of environmental care. So... When I was saying this, you know, I was basically asked uh, a series of questions about you know what is it what does your church do to care for the environment and what what do you teach that we should do instead of just always you know saying that we shouldn't get caught up in the hype. So let, I want you to hear me say this. don't get caught up in the hype. We don't believe the hype. We don't think it's as dire as the uh, alarmists say they do. The 97% uh, number that gets thrown around a lot has actually been proven false. Um, but Christians ought to be leading the way in caring for the environment. So that's what we kind of want to talk about. I I, I should put Pooty on the spot and ask him the the question that stumped Trudeau the other day. Pooty, what does your family do specifically to cut down on its use of single-use plastic?
0: Not enough is the right (laughs) answer. That like maybe I should Uh, be prime minister.
1: Yeah, you should be. You should be. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So um, where this comes from is uh, in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the livestock, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of man of God he created them male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over every fish of the sea and every bird of the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth and God said behold i have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with its with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Okay. So right there, we get what uh, theologians often call the cultural mandate, that man is called in verse 28 to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything in it. So God has given to mankind the dominion of the earth, and like every good gift, we ought to treat the gift that God gave us with care.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're good at looking at that verse and and playing out the applications. Oh, we should be. We should multiply. All right. We're good at looking at that and think, okay, well, we need to like rule the world. We need to right. multiply. Post millennials are <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but the, the other thing is take dominion over something means to care for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, to to be responsible for right. it. That's that's right in there. That's part of our, our mandate is to cultivate the earth, to keep care of where we live. We we so often forget that our that the story of human history, the story of all of us began in a garden.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, so what's interesting is that um, the same language that's used here in the cultural mandate, mandate about uh, man taking dominion over the earth is actually the same language. If you go to the Greek Septuagint, it's the same language when God is actually giving instructions to households, uh, both in Ephesians and in Colossians, um, to husbands being leaders in their home. And so in the same way that husbands ought to have dominion in their home, they ought to have dominion over the earth. And so some Christians have used this verse, taking dominion, meaning to dominate, right? Meaning to, to take over um, as a sort of right. Well, we have a right to um, pillage the earth of its fossil fuels and hunt animals until they're extinct and all this kind of stuff because the world was given to us to have dominion. But like you said... A garden is meant to be cultivated, right? A garden is meant to be cared for. And because God uses the same language in relation to the husband's leadership and dominion in the home, we know that the instruction given in Ephesians 5 is that the husband ought to love his wife as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her. So there's actually a, we are meant to work and to cultivate and actually give ourselves up for the cultivation of the earth, the care for the earth. Now that doesn't mean that the earth comes first or the plants or the animals come first. What it means though is that man respects the good creation that God gave us to take dominion over and our job is to beautify it. Right? In the same way that the husband is to sanctify his wife, right to love his wife and to guide her and to help her in her sanctification so that she is pleasing and beautiful to God. right, So that she can be presented, as Ephesians 5 says, without spot or blemish or any such thing. In the same way, man ought to care for the earth in such a way that we try not to destroy it, to pillage it but instead to actually beautify it, to bring out its beauty, to bring out its potential. So it's the same language that's used there. So Christians ought to take environmental causes seriously. And it's hard, I think, sometimes, especially for for those of us who understand the political nature of the gospel and the political nature. We talk about politics on this podcast all the time. And so we understand that Christ being king and seated on his throne is political to its core it means that it affects how we vote and how we live in this world and i think sometimes it's hard for us as christians who know that and believe that to separate the um, obvious care that the the word of god tells us to have for the environment um, with the sort of hysteria and the and the and the fact that like environmentalism is in general terms, has been allocated to the left. Right. So like it's like we're afraid we'll be liberal if we're environmentalists, which I think is, is just I, I don't think we need to categorize things that way, right? We aren't we aren't right or left politically. We are under the rulership of King Jesus. And I mean we're we're clear that we think that traditionally conservative political values are far more in line with with biblical truth than uh than that of the left. Um, but we advocate all the time. We ought not to be right or left, but under the authority of King Jesus. So I just say that to say, our care for the earth needs to be um, separated from sort of a political stance and just recognize that just like we are commanded to care for our wives, to care for our children, to go to church, to tithe to the kingdom of God, all of those other commands, this is also a command, care for the earth. Yeah, it's it's nice
0: that we're... (laughs) Particularly you, because I feel like you get a lot more heat on this than I do. Um, but it's nice to finally clarify, like when when we're advocating against climate change or um, we're advocating against the political nature of that, we're not the we're not saying motivation. Like, exactly. Yeah. We're not we're not saying no use single use straws and. Burn plastic. I don't know all the stuff that apparently. Burn ruins. Plastic. Is, is that a like thing
1: people that burn flags, but he's just out there just burning plastic. I just burned <laughs>
0: straws out of my lawn. He just ran around on Christmas. It was great.
1: There was um, a great meme uh, the other day. I, I don't know why I just thought of this. I think Kenneth Gentry posted on
0: Facebook. Memes are great radio, by the way. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And uh, and there's this picture of like like a total punk Antifa kid, like super skinny white boy with the bandana on and tattoos all over, who just looks super angry, got the get like gas mask thing in his face and like a sign that says like F the patriarchy and like just total and it and the and beside it it says my generation is going to start a revolution and then afterwards it has like uh like a picture of uh cool hand luke right and it says and he's lighting a cigarette and he's looking super cool and manly and he says your generation doesn't even know how to start a lawnmower (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's i'm
0: like solid. that's beautiful that's great I, yeah. I think somebody posted that on on the uh on a like a facebook group because i I vaguely remember seeing that yeah, too oh, so good. and having a good chuckle yeah so um, good okay well, sorry anyway I, where i was going with that with that is a uh, um sorry now i'm thinking of the meme um what we what we fight against is not that we should be protecting the environment we're not against. We're not saying go out and do everything to ruin the environment. We're saying the the opposite, actually. Exactly. What we're fighting against is how we fight against the environment, like right. by giving the government more control to spend, by get, getting behind the alarmist causes like the new Green Deal and all this yeah. rubbish, for yeah. lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah. Um, what we're saying is that if people were biblical about the subject, these, these wouldn't be issues. If businesses were run in the way that we think they should be run, which is based on the word the laws of and word of God, then naturally things like environmentalism would be a thing because that's the default position of a of a Christian, right. is to care about where we're going to dwell because the fact of the matter is this is our home. And I think, I think again, it all comes down to bad bad theology.
1: 100%. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this. So for, preach for, it.
0: So it comes down to bad theology because people think that this world is ultimately going to be destroyed again. Yes. And we're going to leave it and never come back. Where the Bible actually says this is where we end up. Yeah. This is where we'll dwell forever. forever. <laughs> exactly. Forever. Ever. So... It's of the primacy for us to keep this, the, keep this place, and cultivate this place and make it better because this is going to last. What we do here matters.
1: Yes, hundred percent. I totally agree with you, and that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. Is I think, I think um, those who are opposed to Christianity's objection to, if we could say it all that way. Those who are opposed to Christianity's objection to um, uh, climate change and all that kind of stuff, um, I think they're skeptical because they've heard from Christians for far too long that this world is, is doomed to get burned up anyway. So what's the point? And there's no kind of long-term care for the environment because they believe in the imminent return of Jesus. Like, who cares about a Green New Deal and what's going to happen 50 years from now? Don't you know Jesus is, like, on his way back right now? Like, yeah, he's I, literally coming. The trumpet's coming. Like. I have
0: 2020 reasons why he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, in a Christian culture that believes that, I understand the pushback. I totally do. But that's not what we preach. That's not what our church preaches. That's not what this podcast is preached. We believe in Genesis chapter 9, after God brought Noah and his family out on dry land, he made a promise, and he put the rainbow in the sky to remind us of that promise, that he would never again destroy the earth. With a um and, and many say with a flood, but he actually he says with a flood once, but um he says he will never again destroy all living flesh on the earth. He will never again destroy this earth. Second Peter three, uh, just a shout out to my eschatology two oh one series. It it'll be landing in a couple of weeks. Uh, I would encourage you. There's a whole session there on the permanency of the earth, and it goes into Second uh, Peter three and shows that that does not teach that this world is going to be burned up and its elements going to be melted away. Um, The, the overwhelming message of the Bible is that this earth is our permanent home. And therefore what we do on it, what we cultivate here matters for eternity. I also think it's really important for us to recognize, like you said, God created Adam and Eve and placed them in a garden to be cultivated. And then Jesus came and reversed the curse in a garden. And when Mary ran to the tomb, she mistook Jesus for a gardener. Why? Because I think he was tending to the garden. Why else would you think he was a gardener? Right? And so it shows that there's this, this cultivation of the earth in Romans chapter eight says that all of creation is subject to futility because of him who subjected it, meaning Adam. And it says that uh, creation itself is groaning with eager anticipation for the manifestation of the sons of God. So, What is the earth groaning for? According to scripture, it's not groaning for a a green new deal. It's not, he's not groaning for, you know, single use plastic straws to be banned. It's groaning for the manifestation. It, it's, it's groaning for Christians to wake up and act like Christians. That's what it's groaning for because that's what brings about the redemption of this earth is Amen. the gospel going forward and the Christians of the earth living like Christians in the earth, caring for this earth as if it's our permanent home. So I say all that to say Christians, we ought to be recycling we ought to be um, cutting our single-use plastic. We ought to be um, um, teaching about the permanency of this earth. We ought to be, um, you know, churches, when you're doing community events, when you're in the community, make them zero waste. Show the, show the neighborhood, show the community that you care about the environment care about things like free uh like um uh, uh free trade coffee and 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 care about things like that. That's not just a like lefty hippie thing to care about. We should care about these kinds of things. We should care about supporting companies that aren't dumping oil into the oceans, that aren't um, polluting the world. We should we should we should pay a little bit more for uh companies that are environmentally friendly. We should be uh educated consumers. All of those things Christians should be leading the way. Now, don't hear me wrong. Don't we don't care for we, we aren't caring for this earth because it's doomed. We're caring for this earth because it's not doomed. Okay. And that's the yeah, difference. That's the difference. That's exactly. the difference between the, the climate change, uh, de, uh, the climate change alarmists. They're saying the earth is doomed. If we don't change everything, it's, it's, it's going to be totally destroyed. And they're making their own false predictions about not the return of Christ, but they're making their own false prophecies, if you will, about the destruction of the earth. Christians with a truly biblical understanding of the, the, uh, biblical story, know God is sovereign. And as a sovereign God, he has promised not to destroy this earth again. It is permanent. Therefore, what we do to it matters. So we care for this earth not because it's doomed, but because it's not doomed. And the, the other thing I would say is that um, whether you look at the environmental um, uh, repercussions in Egypt— uh, if you look at the environmental repercussions in Babylon, if you look at the, um, uh, the environmental repercussions in terms of God um, destroying the crops of the Israelites when they were unfaithful to the covenant, um, there have been environmental curses placed on um, disobedience uh, throughout Scripture. And in, in, I think it's uh, 2 Chronicles 7, around verse 14, where it talks about, if my people will turn to me, pray, repent, like that whole famous verse, it says, then I will be faithful. And he lists a whole lot of things that he'll do, including heal their land. So when we look at, at environmental difficulties going on in the earth right now, I don't think it's a stretch to say Christians being faithful Christians is how you reverse the, the current effects of pollution on the earth. Uh, I, I get that for, for some people who don't believe in uh, the sufficiency and supremacy and authority of scripture, that's going to seem archaic and barbaric and backward, but that's what the Bible says and that's what I believe. So Christians ought to be leading the way in role modeling and modeling to the world what environmental care looks like but we ought not to be alarmists about it. We ought to be biblical Christians about it who care for the earth because this is our permanent home. Amen. All right. Anything else you wanted to clear the air on?
0: No, I wanted to say two other things that I just, you made me think of it while we were doing that, when you were talking. One, our church administrators, this is probably going to be your favorite episode.
1: Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Grace, who has made us far more environmentally friendly. Like, we should just, just, we should just, just call A this M. episode "For Grace.
0: <laughs> People are going to think that's totally meaning something different. Yeah, exactly. But we mean it just for her. Um, the other thing, I, I, I th- I've I always thought the nomadic Covenant was interesting because like he promises not to destroy the earth, but he doesn't every other covenant was just between like people and God and God or God, like, but he actually promises that one to all flesh. That's right. And so Absolutely. like, it's, it's very interesting because he's promising, like, he's almost like, Hey guys, we had to do it this time, but I'm promising you everything, yeah. every living thing on the earth. I'm not going to do this again. Absolutely. I just always yeah. thought that was like a very interesting. God is just awesome. awesome right. Well, the, And, and like, I
1: think that's, I, I think that's, that's super important. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think, um, what that shows, and I think the reason that the, the story of Noah is in the grand narrative, you know, if I can presume such a thing, um, is, is, because we'll God's, is because basically God is showing us, he's taking that option off the table. If, if, if he never destroyed the earth and then promised never to do that again, then there would always kind of be a fear hanging over the, the people of earth that are things bad enough that he could just squash us right it, like his creation um rebelled against their its creator so horribly that he'll just destroy us if he hadn't done it once and promised never to do it again that would always be hanging over us but because he's promised never to do it again we know this earth will last forever therefore christians go and care for it amen all right we'll see you next time peace